Well, good morning again. Uh, thank you for that prayer, John. I'm going to invite you this morning to take a little journey home. And I know home invokes a lot of different images, a lot of different memories, uh, smells, sounds. Just want you to go home this morning. Uh, just begin your journey there. And we're going to talk about home a little bit this morning. For me, home, one of the places that's home is uh, mom and dad's house. My mom and dad have lived in the same house for almost 40 years. And we've lived in not at all the same house for the last uh, 40 years, Amberly and I, for the last 20 years. So when we go home, uh, mom and dad's house is, is home. Hardly anything has changed. I mean, they've done some of the updates and things. Dad finally replaced the faucet and stuff like that. But, you know, it's the wall texture is the same. The ceilings are the same. Uh, the cabinets are the same. The six panel doors are the same. The smells are the same. Uh, it's very much home. I went and picked our daughter up from church camp uh, last week or the week before. And uh, as I drove down into the canyon, I thought this place is home. I saw the chapel where the greatest con of the century occurred, where I got Amberly to agree to marry me. So that's a special place. That that seems like home. That was a big deal. Camp can be home. And then, of course, in honor of baseball season, I mean, how how fun is it to slide into home plate, right? I mean, is there is there anything more fun in sports than sliding headfirst into home? I remember one time we were so bad in high school that uh, we got beat by Floyd 28 to 1. And we, the only run that we scored, so I got, I got beamed. Uh, it was a curveball that didn't curve. And I think it was pretty much on purpose because we beat them so bad in basketball. So then it was like, okay, we're going to hit that Strebeck kid. So I get put on first base, and one of our only hits of the game advances me to second. There was a wild pitch. I got to go to third. There was another wild pitch, and I got to steal home. And if you know me, you know I'm not fast. But this was in the days where you could take the catcher out. So that was fun. I got to go home. You know, that was home. And uh, it was the greatest joy. I'm like, I know we got beat 28 to 1, but that was cool. Uh, so, so home. Where is home for us? Where is the place that we were created to live? From reading this story this week, I think that home is the place where we know and tell the story of God. Home is the place where we know the story of God and we tell the story of God. We long for home. And home, again, can be a many different things for, for many of us. Uh, Amberly likes to talk about, you know, being with certain people and having conversations and how that feels like home. We long for home, especially when we have wandered away from home. And we begin to long for it and wander our way back. The text that John uh, read the end of for us is uh, found in Luke chapter 8. If you're a person that likes to follow along in the scripture reading, Luke chapter 8 starts in verse 26. The story that we're looking at today it finishes up in verse 39. This is one of the wildest stories in the Gospels. It's always kind of fun to preach just because it has a lot of wild things. So you go, now what? What? What just happened? Pigs? What? So it's a lot of fun. 
but it's a story that is set around a lake. And I went a little out of order since we're doing this whole rest and connect thing, and we've got all the full lakes in this part of the world now. So this week and next week, we're going we're gonna to follow Jesus around the lake a little bit, around the Sea of Galilee. So we're going out of order. We're going to back up next week. But we wanted to look at this story because it, it's a story where someone experiences God. They, learn, they come to know God, and then they tell the story of God. And so our campers were telling their stories about God today, and I thought this would be a good story for us to study this morning. So the beginning of the story, again, it involves a lake, involves sailing. Jesus and his disciples, they're going to the country of the Gerasenes. They're crossing the Sea of Galilee. Jesus steps out on land, and there met him a man from the city who had demons. That's a great way to start a story. There met him a man from the city who had demons. You know the story is going to be interesting. If someone ever refers to you this way in a story, uh, it's it's probably a pretty tough time in your life, right? Uh, This is a hard time. A man from the city who had demons. This is a guy we learn pretty quickly who is not home. He's away from home. In fact, he's been... Exiled. He's, he's out away from people. He's away from his family. He's out in the desert with the pigs and the pig farmers. Luke tells us that for a long time he had not had any clothes to wear. He'd not lived in a house, but he lived among the graveyards. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time, this unclean spirit had seized the man and he was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the chains and be driven by the demon into the desert. So you get a picture for life being pretty hard for this guy. This is kind of a presenting crisis. We we begin talking about a longing for home and then we see, oh yeah, that's a too all familiar sight of what it looks like when someone's not home, when they're away from home. This is crisis. What are some signs that this guy is away from home? Some signs that we know when we're away from home? You know, sometimes when you ask people how they're doing, how's it going, nice to see you, you're walking in the back of the church, and we'll say things like, well, you know, I'm, I'm on top of the grass, not underneath the grass, so it's a pretty good day. Or we'll say stuff like, well, hey, I've got food on the table and a roof over my head, so I'm doing good. Well, this guy does not have a roof over his his head, and he does not have food on the table. Life is really, really tough. He is not home. We see that this guy doesn't even have a name. We don't know him by anything other than the man who had demons. A bad way to be known of in a story. No name. He has no clothes. No clothes on his back. All he has to wear is chains. Uh, So he doesn't have any rest. He's not at peace. He's 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 so un, full of unrest that he's tearing away from his chains and he's just he can't be at peace. There is no rest for this guy. He's not home. He's possessed by a demon, by demons. And you know the thing about demon possession, we could talk about a lot of different things, but the thing about demon possession like this, it doesn't happen over overnight, right? Amen. I mean, you don't get like this just for like one wrong turn. It takes a while to accumulate this kind of demon possession. Uh, I'm reminded of a lyric by one of my favorite artists uh, years ago named Don Chaffer, and he wrote a song, uh, and the chorus was, 
Almost no one slides on purpose. No one sells their soul for free. And once we love the things that hurt us, we're on our way to crazy. Isn't that a great line that captures the pain of being away from home? Because we know, we all know what it's like to be away from home or to have been this close to sliding like that and being away from home. So we just, I love that song because it captures. I mean, nobody does that on purpose. Nobody starts out in kindergarten saying, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? And be like, I want to be a crazy, out of control, demon-possessed guy when I grow up. Nobody does that. You know, I want to be addicted to something so that I can't even see straight. People don't do that. We don't want to do that when we're kids. We slide little by little by little, and life takes us places that we didn't want to go. So luckily for this guy, and luckily for us, Jesus enters the scene. And, you know, if you read the Gospels, Jesus is very fond of finding people who have wandered away from home. That's one of his favorite things to do. He tells stories about it, he tells parables about it, and he does it. So this guy, he chases him down. Jews did not go to places like this. As you'll see in a second, this place is full of pigs. And, as you know, Jews stayed away from pigs. They didn't eat pigs, so they didn't need to raise them. So Jesus going across the lake, that's like going to... You know, Snyder, if you grew up in Sweetwater or whatever. You just don't, you just don't do that. And so Jesus enters the scene. He goes and meets this guy on his turf. Home is the place where we know and we tell the story of God, where we experience God and then we tell about it. So camp for many of these folks and for many of us, you know, you'll hear people talk about that special place. I was in a room yesterday of, of siblings who gathered around uh, in, a, in a room and they were talking about years and years ago when Camp Butler was first getting off the ground and the stories and the, the joy and the revivals and the different things we would do. Camp can be a very special place like this. You walk into a room or you walk among a group of people and you're reminded that God was faithful back then. And it encourages us. Maybe God will be faithful again. God was faithful to those people. He was faithful to me when I was 14 or when I was 4 or when I was 24 or 84. And maybe, just maybe, God would do it again. So Jesus enters the scene and just begins to kind of take over. You know, he, he, makes, he makes the things that are upside down. He sets them right side up. He intervenes. There's a resolution to the story. There's a longing for home, and there's a guy who's not home, and then Jesus enters the scene to bring this guy home. So what are the signs that we're home? So Jesus encounters the guy. He, he, he uh, you know, begins to cast the demons out. And notice the first thing that the guy does, that Jesus does when he talks to the guy, is he says, hey, what is your name? He's looking for a name. We don't know the guy's name. And this guy is so messed up and so far from home that he says, my name is Legion, right? Think, you know, army, a whole legion of an army. My, my name is Legion because we we're many. He's still talking from the place of being away from home going, these demons have so overtaken my life that I, I don't even know who I am anymore. So that's my name. And so these demons begin speaking to Jesus and say, hey, don't cast us away into the abyss. You know, the, the place where demons were judged and sent away was, you know, the water they were afraid. It was like because underneath the surface of the waters where they thought all the all the dragons and everything were, all the sea monsters, all the bad stuff happens. 
below the surface of the sea. So the demons are like, hey, don't send us over there. And um, there's a large herd of pigs we see. And so these demons, for some reason, beg to be sent into the pigs. So Jesus gives them permission to go to the pigs. And then the pigs run off the cliff and end up in the sea anyways. I'm telling you, it's a strange story. I don't know. I don't know why the poor, I don't know what the poor pigs did to deserve that. But there you go. Somehow this is Jesus judging the guy's enemies, right? The things that would keep us away from home, Jesus will judge those things. And that's good news. We talk about that in the creed, that the things that would come against God, the enemies of God, the things that chain us up, Jesus will judge those things. And uh, so just like the Egyptians were drowned in the Red Sea when uh, Moses and our ancestors came across and were saved, we are saved in the same way, and our enemies, God's enemies, are drowned in the sea. It's great imagery to see what God does and what he will not spare to save us. So, so if we see ourselves alongside this guy um, and this crazy scene of the pigs and everything, we go down a little further in verse 35. What are some signs, if we saw what it looks like when we're not home, what are some good signs that maybe we've come back home? What are some good signs that things are picking up for us? Uh, the first one is uh, we've already talked about. Jesus asked, what's your name? Some identity besides just full of demons. Uh, the second thing, we see this guy when he's, he's there with Jesus after the demons are gone and he's got clothes on. That's a big one, right? You, you can't really go back into society uh, without your clothes. So he's, he's got his clothes on. This is a good step. And then we also see that the guy who before was breaking out of his chains, he couldn't sit still, he's sitting down at the feet of Jesus. It's like the posture of a student where before he couldn't stay in one place. He had to break away. So guy's got clothes on. Jesus asks his name. And he's uh, sitting at Jesus' feet. He's in his right mind. This guy is resting. He's at peace for the first time in who knows how long. So those who had seen this whole thing happen, they they were talking about how this demon-possessed guy had been healed, and all the people in the surrounding country, they asked Jesus to go away because they were afraid. And uh, so Jesus gets in his boat and he leaves. Uh, but there, people are just dumbfounded with what's going on. They're, they're afraid. They saw this all happen and unfold. They had put this guy in a box as this guy who doesn't have a home, and he's all torn up. And now they saw him in civilized fashion, just sitting there with Jesus, just on his way to discipleship, and, and they just didn't know what, what to do with that. And sometimes we don't know what to do with that. This guy's on his way home. So again, I ask, what is, what is home for us? Where is the place that we were born to live, that we just long for our whole lives? And some of the songs we sang today, and we might say, reading the scriptures, that one of the places that's home for us is heaven. When we talk about heaven, we think of home. You know, surely heaven, whatever heaven looks like and whatever the experience of heaven is, surely it's home. Surely it's a place where we can prop up our feet and rest, a place where we feel welcome, a place where people know us by name, a place where we are known, a place with Christ where our enemies have been destroyed and we're no longer known by those demons that possess us, but by the God who has saved us. So home is the place where we know and we tell the story of God. 
Home is the place where we know and we tell the story of God. I just want to make a simple invitation this morning. Uh, As we come to the communion table in a few moments, I want you to walk down the aisle to the altar and imagine yourself walking home. I want you to imagine Jesus on the front porch with his arms outstretched saying, hey, you've wandered long enough. It's time to come home. Maybe there are people in your life that aren't here today that you wish would come home, that you think need to come home. Maybe maybe walk for them today. Maybe pray for them as you're walking and you're coming home. Bring those people with you that aren't here, that need to know that home is still open for them. And for me, uh, when we come to communion, you know, we have a confession prayer that we pray to just before as we prepare our hearts for communion. And uh, it starts out by saying, Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. Uh, we failed to be an obedient church. And just in my mind, as I've been working on this sermon, I've changed the words of that just for this week to say, I have not known you with my whole heart. And I have not told your story with my whole heart. I have failed to be obedient church. And so asking forgiveness just to just to come home and to be at peace, to know that story and to tell that story well. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.